nowadays it's like you don't need a part. You look at something that's broken and you have no fucking clue and you've got to call another human who has a clue. I'm not sure which is better, to be honest. I guess it's just a sign of the times. We didn't have a lot of society when we were working on our wagons. I mean, even, yeah, that is a good point there that like they're kind of like opposite problems in a way where like older mechanical problems, like I maybe understand how to do this, but I can't necessarily do it. Whereas like a computer or a tech problem, you don't theoretically need anybody's help. If it's just like a programming error, you could fix that yourself. It's just that you have no hope of knowing what to even start with, you know? Yeah, and if your computer's broken and you have no way of looking anything up to fix your computer, then you're really fucked. Because I I bought a house in November, so I've been in a house for like six months. I don't know what I would do without YouTube videos. Telling me, or a website, and it's like, hey, this is how you keep your dog off of of a thing. And I'm like, oh, that actually works. Rub lemon on your fucking door frame and your dog will leave it yeah. alone. And I'm like, oh, like, wow, really cool. More broadly speaking, like, I know humans have existed without the internet for the, like, 99% oh, yes. of our existence. But if you suddenly, like, ripped it away from me, I'd be just paralyzed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Andy. Andy. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out. We're just talk- we're just shooting the shit in a pre-show. It's- I think it's just going to be the Gomer and Taylor show, which kind of sucks because there was a couple of dope Transformers books. I guess I could still talk about them. You should talk about them. I guess I could still talk about them. Anyway. Uh, I mean, you're running out of time to talk about them. There's oh, I know. They're going to be gone soon. And I think Adam is almost done. He's like in the home stretch of his big thing that's kind of been pulling him away from the show. So hopefully. Uh, segment one, I watched something this week. Uh, news, Conan news, which is kind of weird. It might be just a rumor. Double dose of Spidey news, human target news, and Scotty Young news. No TV show, which is kind of weird. It's like, oh man, no, yeah, we're in that uh hiatus between uh, yeah, Moon Knight and uh, Obi Wan. And then they're saying that uh, she-Hulk might be coming, like, very, very soon, like August. Yeah, not too long from now. Um, what? what? Well, I mean, we should reasonably expect them to be... Re- Every time they don't have a movie out, we should probably expect them to be starting a TV show. You know, they want to yeah. They want to keep that engagement going. Yeah, we'll see. So we'll since see this is goes. Doctor Strange month, I'm not surprised that they're at least giving it a few weeks before, you know. Yeah. Uh, a double dose of food news, because... There's good and bad. We have a great moment of destruction. We may just fucking do it real quick because there's some really cool things. And then a top three. A great book, actually. I agree. Yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff this week. Uh, yeah, anything else? Anything you want to add to the... I got nothing to add except that I think your microphone's futzing out a bit there. Oh, my God. Really? I don't, okay, it sounds fine now. Oh, my God. I better figure that out. I use this thing every damn day. All right. Well, then, let's... Man, if it's not one thing, it's a fucking other thing. Let's do the show. Mm-hmm. You don't think anybody will watch that garbage? Some people will watch anything, Scarlet. Yeah, I mean, it's really on display right now just how much we fly by the seat of our pants. Yeah, I know. I just, I don't do this. Nobody planning into this. I just copy and paste from my news. All 
from the gun. Another episode of this Geek and Comics Outright Geekery's comic book shit talk show. Shit talk show. Nice. It's the Gomer and Taylor show. I actually did have some pre show. Uh, we might be canceling some shows in July just because of things that are going on. Mm. One of them's a work thing, or I've got to go to fucking Atlanta. <laughs> anyway, I work from this spot. Literally, where I'm sitting right now is where I spend all my day working, and I love it. But yeah, they're going to make me go there. Anyway, we'll talk about that When's later. When's the last time you had to do like a business trip? Uh, I mean, a business trip? Like, oh, I'm like, going Like, you had this... to travel not of your own volition, but because like work-related something sent you somewhere. Uh, I don't know if I have ever been sent anywhere by a job. Mm. East, East Tennessee, but the boss drove, and we were only there for four hours. Um, and that was in the 2000s. Um, how about this? The last time I actually drove into work to work and not just to pick something up from work was 2019. Oh, that's true for a lot of people. I'm sure. I mean, when the pandemics, the pandemic did basically do a four stress test of like how many people could actually do the job from home. And it turns out some can. It's pretty so, amazing. Know, there's dude. no point in going back to the office. <laughs> I moved because of that. I was able to move right because school went, you know, homeschool because work went work from home. I was able to move because I moved into a shithole town. It's an awesome house. It's actually a really awesome town. It's just really small, right? I'm sending a lot of mixed messages there, Gomer. I am. Uh, I love where I live, but but it, it's, it's a, a small hole. town. It's a small yeah, but it's a very <laughs> small town. But. My sister-in-law moved three minutes away from me just this weekend. So the trend continues. And she would not have been able to do that either without homeschool and being able to work from home. Anyway, segment one. I watched Strange New Worlds. First two episodes are, are How on. is that? It's awesome, dude. It's I feel like a epic. bad Star Trek fan because there's like 40 Star Trek shows out right now. And I haven't really been keeping up with any of them. Yeah, it's it's not episodic. Like every episode is it's it's throwback, you know, to... To old Trek a, a little bit. Uh, oh, just like is, Adventure of the Week type of deal like they used to yeah. do on TNG in the original series? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there is a common thread going through it all. And, of course, the characters are all the same. So there's growth and threads there. Um, and it all spins out of Discovery. Like there was this thing that happened at, at Captain Pike in Discovery. Uh, but, yeah, cool show. I mean, all the characters are just fucking dope so far. And, again, it's only two episodes. But I did want to talk about actor Bruce Horak. Uh, he plays Chief Engineer Hemmer. He's an Andorian, and he is blind. Now, he is the second blind engineer, you know, uh, to be in this Star Trek show. Jordy had, you know, his own help yeah. there. This character does not have anything that helps him see, but all of his other senses are sort of enhanced, you know, because of that. But this character played by Bruce Horak, the actor is legally blind. Which is fucking cool as hell and is so in tune well, with everything that Star Trek stands yeah, for. Yeah, that is it's part of the brilliant. That's part of the trend we're seeing and it makes sense that Star Trek would be part of that trend, you know, yeah. where we're not just having representation through characters but also through the actors who play them. You know, yeah. hey, that's a good opportunity for a lot of people who otherwise, you know, get excluded from the process. Now, a lot of people talk shit on on Maybe not Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton's sort of a geek, you know, 
the hero nowadays, but Crusher, you know, Wesley Crusher, he takes some shit as a character on TNG. But I vividly remember watching TNG for the first time and seeing like a teenager, a, a kid hanging out and being at least taken a little a bit seriously, you know. Uh, and I was that age, and I was like, oh, shit, that's great, you know. And sure, I was a white dude, but still, it felt good that there was some, you know, they were looking at out for me, you know, on there. Yeah, and I mean, you and I have more opportunities than most, but yeah, it is, it does, it's meaningful whenever yeah. somebody sees themselves represented on a show or on the screen yeah. in some way. You know? Yeah. Uh, did you do anything cool? Anything cool this week? Well, I'm having to pack up. I'm actually uh, moving myself pretty soon. Oh, nice. Uh, you're not moving out of Nashville? Or no, anything. no. It's just like I'm moving like a few miles away from where I am right now. That's nice though, right? Yeah. All right. Relatively cool. painless process, hopefully. Nice. I moved within the same apartment complex one time. That was the best move ever because we had overlapping leases for two weeks. So we were just, hey, I'm going to carry the, you know, the table over. All yeah, right. Overlapping leases are like the, the way to go when it comes yeah. to moving for sure. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, that's fun. I hate lifting up everything I own and putting it somewhere else. When I moved, I had 30 boxes of comics and 15 boxes of toys. It sucked, but I digress. Good luck with that. Let's get into this. All right. <clears throat> now, this first bit is a bit unconfirmed news, um, but a lot of people are reporting it. A lot of people are taking it, you know and just running with it that Marvel's losing the Conan license to publish comic books. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm hearing that they're going to go back to the owners of the, who own the name Conan, but it seems kind of fishy to me. Do you really need to have it? Your barbarian just named Conan. Can't you just have a fucking barbarian in your book? And well, ostensibly yes, but I mean, we see that book from a blaze, the Sumerian, which I'm sorry, that's a fucking Conan book. Uh, what's, what's those two girls' names? Belit and whatever. They had a book come out this week. It was super hot, by the way. Um, we won't talk about that later. It didn't hmm. make my list, but... I mean, I don't get it. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, I mean, of all the barbarians you could possibly choose from, Conan definitely has the greatest name recognition by far. Yeah. So I, I get that from that perspective that, you know, You'll do better with that name than you would without it. But it is kind of a shame, though, because Marvel's actually yeah. been doing some pretty cool shit with the Conan license. Yeah, and that's not even in the Conan books. The Conan books are cool, but... Savage, Savage Avengers, Avengers has been where it's at, yeah. It's rad, dude. And, I mean, they just started a new run of that with Peepos doing the, the writing on it. It's... From everything I've heard, I haven't actually read it. I don't think it's out. I think it's out next week, Um, the first issue. I think it got pushed. Uh, anyway, it sounds dope. It sounds dope. Did it come out this week? Did I just miss it? If you did, then I did too. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. Anyway, we'll have more on that once it becomes official. Uh, moving on, Spider-Man news. They've uh, announced a new Spider-Verse book. Uh, that's a good idea. Spider-Verse is huge right now. You know. I mean, yeah, they got the movie. Did the movie get bumped until next year? I can't remember. But either uh, way. I like, think it did get pushed a little bit. I mean, Spider-Man is always huge. and. The whole Spider-Man multiverse thing is definitely a hot commodity right now between I mean, No Way Home and the Spider-Verse movies. Yeah, and the multiverse is what the MCU has going on right now. So it's really good to incorporate that into it. 
a lot of cool characters. Oh, is this like a Black Cat Spider-Man? Yeah, Night Spider. That's pretty cool. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, thematically, (laughs) I like the idea. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Edge of Spider-Verse will introduce brand new Spider-Heroes as well as catch up with classics like uh, Aranya, Noir, Gwen, India, Spider-Man India, cool character. Uh, Each thrilling issue, this is a little weird. Each thrilling issue will contain three stories packed with debuts, new status quos, and seeds for an overarching saga that set the stage for the end of Spider-Verse, a new event this year. It's an anthology book, but one where they're trying to like lure you in by saying that there's going to be like continuity repercussions to it. Uh, yeah, not only that, but it's going to like build. Yeah, there's spider layered. Yeah, but this is like setting the stage for a big event, a spy, a new Spider Verse event, which is good. Uh, it's going to be Dan Slott and a whole bunch of people, but Dan Slott is basically headlining the thing, uh, which leads me to believe he is writing the Spider-Verse event later Probably. this year. I mean, Dan Slott did, I think, a pretty good job with uh, his Spider-Man run. I mean, I know he he gets shit on no matter what run he's on at the moment, but honestly, he does better than most. No, he's good. The problem I have with that is it took forever. The good stuff in Slott's run is amazing. The bad stuff is just bad. There's peaks and valleys, um, to be exactly, sure. Exactly, exactly. Um, and it's just difficult for me to justify keeping a guy on a book that long. When he goes, you know, six months in a valley, it's like, all right, dude, come on. And then he hits hard, and it's like, well, okay, good, but damn, you know, it took him six months to I get mean, to that is good. hard to sustain. I mean, even some of the greatest yeah. runs at all time, it's not always like the A game. Like, even like Walter Simonson's Thor or Jason Aaron's oh, Thor. Sure. I mean, they're always, they're great. The runs are like, fantastic but even with those right there's going to be a few not necessarily bad issues but you know forgettable ones yeah uh we'll have more on this once it once it starts coming out uh last bit of spidey news they didn't announce amazing fantasy number 1000 six celebrating 60th anniversary neil gaiman's gonna write it uh, Emmy Award-winning creator behind Veep and Avenue 5, Armando Iannucci, is going to write it in their comic book, uh, Marvel Comics debut. Dan Slott joins up with Jim Chung on a story to explore the enduring love between Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson in a story set in the far future. Blame. Michael Cho and not Hey, fuck you, man. I no, I think that in the far future, it's like a what if story tucked in there. You know, I'm just like, okay. I guess. All right. Do you remember Marvel Comics 1000? I do. It I was think okay. I'm, I think I'm the only one here who actually liked it. Like, no, I didn't mind it. It was okay. It was a fun idea. It was, you know, it had some importance to it. I'm just a little concerned that they're going back to that well again. And this book just isn't going to have any meat on the bone. It might be enjoyable. It might be something cool. We'll. I see. mean, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure the Neil Gaiman and Jonathan Hickman oh, stuff. Dude. If no one else hits the mark, the target, those two definitely will. But it's going to be a ten dollar book. It is, but just like Marvel Comics One Thousand was. That's going to be my problem with it. I mean, I feel pretty certain I'm going to get this. But yeah, ten dollars oh, is too. a big I ask. I, and they don't have that price. That is not an official. MSRP. I'd be surprised. I'd be pleasantly surprised if it was any less. Yes. If it's eight, it's a deal. But yeah. I guarantee it's going to be nine ninety nine. Um, And that's all right. It is Spider-Man's, you know, big anniversary. He only turned 60 once. Yeah. He's and I mean, making a big deal out of it. And this is an okay way to do it. 
I would have preferred, and it's not a knock on the current creative team of Amazing Spider-Man, but it kind of is because I am not having a good time with the new book. The art is just bad. I I don't like JRJR. And Man, I don't like that they're just like their big idea to start off the run is let's just shit on Peter. You know, yeah. like, like that hasn't like, been done nowhere. like a million I fucking know. times. Can we you know? just have Peter have a good day? Have Spider-Man have a bad day? Uh, moving on, DC. New human target one shot. More details uh, revealed on what happened before Christopher Chance was poisoned. So what this is going to be is a one-shot anthology book. 48 pages. Incredible main cover uh, by series artist Smallwood. Reminiscent of a hard-boiled detective novels of the 60s and 70s. We're also going to get a David Marquez and a 1 in 25 variant by Jorge Jimenez. Uh, that's a dope cover. I adore yeah. that. I adore that. But this cover, oh my gosh, the Jorge Jimenez. It's great. So uh, no word on this. Uh, I'm sure Tom King is going to write something in here. His but, name was on the on the cover. On the there, cover, yeah. yeah. But I don't know if he's writing all of the stories. I don't right? know. I, I don't know but, if Kevin McGuire. I think Kevin McGuire is an artist. So it looks like it's going to be Tom King and then one, two, three, four artists for four stories, which would make sense. Yeah. Uh, I know you're a big fan of that book. It was kind of a light news week. I mean, I'm yeah, actually I yank that. I do like the book, but I am surprised that they're doing like a spinoff book for it. It must be doing pretty well. I think all the Tom King stuff does well, but um, considering everything he's done has basically gotten a spinoff since he started doing Batman. Everything. Well, true enough, but I guess my bigger surprise then is that there was a spinoff in the middle of the story. Exactly. That is the bigger news. That's exactly what I was going to mention. They took a hiatus on this book. I'm sure it's for Smallwood to be able to catch up. And that's okay. Worth the wait there. I mean, yeah. I mean, you gave your artist time to do good work, you know? It's just weird that they're doing this one shot in the middle of it. Like you said, it's it's weird. Whatever. Last bit of news I did want to bring up. Oh, no, that's that. Uh, Stupid Fresh Mess. There is an anthology book happening right now to celebrate Image Comics' uh, 30th anniversary. First issue uh, already came out. Second issue is out soon. But this is one hell of a cool reason to pick this up. It is Scotty Young doing just a traditional comic strip like you would have seen in the newspapers years ago. And it's just really cool that he's able to do something like this in comics, you know, modern day comics. And I just love it. I think it's really fucking cool. He's getting his family, you know, involved. And I don't know anybody else in the business who could do it. You know, typically they're cartoonists. They're writers and artists who are, are doing shit. And that's what Scotty Young is. And his style is just perfect for this, you know, approach. It really is. Medium. I mean, he has, like, the most surprisingly adaptable style. Because, like, how many different completely different genre comic books that he do covers for, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it applies. It really does translate perfectly to like a Sunday morning strip type of art. Yeah. You know? And that's exactly what we're getting here. Uh, it sort of reminds me of Wednesday comics. Remember Wednesday comics years and years ago. I remember. Yeah. It's but so they, cool. They actually printed it on newsprint. If I remember. Correctly. Yeah. They're not doing that for this, but it is an image comics, you know, 30th anniversary sort of thing. So, uh, that's it, dude. That's it for the news this week. 
I told you, it's super light. Nothing happening in, in the news, really. But and no TV show to talk about. And no TV show. So, man, Strange New Worlds is dope, though. Definitely check it out. Uh, but you know we got food. Mmm, yummy. This one is spicy mayonnaise. Helmets is releasing the spicy mayonnaise. I'm sorry. Mm. I find this fucking hilarious. Um, it's racist. That's the reason I find it hilarious. It's racist against white people because this is like the complete opposite of what mayonnaise is supposed to be. Okay, mayonnaise is supposed to be bland. Well, I'm, <laughs> I hope that you managed to get over the, the insults here. But I Sriracha hate mayonnaise, pepper. so yeah. this is already a non-starter for me. Yeah, so this is going to be our gross one, but I have a grosser one, I think. Uh, Taco Bell's bringing back the Mexican pizza. The drama continues. They are doing a TikTok musical based on the true story of the internet losing its mind about the Mexican pizza going away. And they have newest, one of the newest inductees of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Dolly Parton. Oh, doing, wow. Okay. Doing the Mexican pizza musical. You know, I'm not terribly surprised that Dolly would do this. She seems like she has a good sense of humor about these sorts of things. I guess. But that's still shocking news. It's shocking. Shocking. Hannah Friedman, who wrote Disney Plus's upcoming uh, TV series, Obi-Wan Kenobi, wrote the Taco Bell Mexican Pizza musical, along with TikTokers Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear. Wait for it. Both of whom have won Grammy Awards. Um... What the fuck is happening? This I, I don't know What's how to take happening? this. I mean, What's happening? what are all of these talented professional people doing anywhere near this stupid Taco Bell promotion? You know, they love Mexican pizzas. They're just like me. They're in love with the best pizza in the world. Uh, so yeah, the person who wrote the Obi Wan Kenobi show and this is like Grammy if you Award heard winners. that like John Williams was going to be like writing the <laughs> jingle for a local mattress store or something. You yeah, know? yeah, or. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's weird. It's it's weird. This is going to be on TikTok on the 26th, May 26th. The Mexican pizza is – well, the Mexican pizza was discontinued in November of 2020 as part of the fast food giant's effort to streamline its menu. Really, it was so they could claim that they were greener because they didn't have as much trash because the Mexican pizza is trashy as fuck. It comes in like four parts, you know. Uh, the change.org competition or competition petition hit 170,000 signatures. It is back $4.50 on May 19th. Two flour shells layered with beans, pizza sauce, beef, tomatoes, melted cheese, and a pinch of love. They don't really put a pinch of love in it. Nothing in Taco Bell has love in it. No, it's usually got spite. Usually I mean, food. yeah. I mean, the secret ingredient in most of Taco Bell's food items is contempt. Yeah, it really is contempt, and really late night. Like, man, how did like, how dare you come to my restaurant and eat, sir? Anyway, moving on. Uh, Adam or no Adam, we've got to at least talk about one bit of news that came out of of uh, Transformers World. Transformers and Lego finally teaming up. Uh, for a Lego Optimus Prime. Oh. It's terrible. His head sculpt is ridiculous. The fucking Matrix of Leadership looks like shit. It's $170. You know what? I'm sure a lot of people have a really big time with this. You know, Lego is... I want one so bad. Fun. <laughs> yeah. 
And I was about to ask if it even can transform. But it does, sir. All it right. Does. Yeah, that that was the big question I had. But this sounds pretty cool. I need this. It's $170. $170. I can't afford it. I want one. I can't afford it. Um, but speaking of Optimus Prime, the last life that Optimus Prime saved was in this movie. G.I. Joe the movie comes back to theaters June 23rd and 25th, part of a Fathom Events. They did the same thing for uh, the Transformers movie. Uh, now, I'm not sure if you know that story, Taylor, but... I do not. The uh, When they made Transformers the movie, they made it first. And their plan was, we'll kill off Optimus Prime and it'll be a great thing. Well, they killed off Optimus Prime and it was the worst fucking thing ever. So, in G.I. Joe the movie, they were planning a similar thing by having Serpentor kill Duke. And if you watch the movie without listening to it, everything points to the fact that, yes, Duke was murdered. But they changed it. They had a rewrite after the Transformers movie. And all the, you know, everybody pissed off about that. And they did a rewrite and made it so that Duke did not die at the end. He had a miraculous recovery. So the joke is Optimus Prime saved one more life on his way out the you door. You know, good for Optimus. They actually, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that story, but there was a joke in an episode of Futurama. I yeah. think that must be a direct reference to that because there's this one episode where like Richard Nixon was like dubbing over an episode of, it wasn't G.I. Joe, but it was obviously G.I. Joe. Yeah. And like, you know, characters were clearly dying, but he would like dub over and be like, I'm okay. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's coming back. A lot of good shit there, but fuck it. There's too many comics to talk about this week, so let's do it. Man, there's some good books this week. There really are, yeah. <laughs> I think the, uh, the motto for me this week is big, dumb, stupid, fun. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, an honorable mention. I think two of these are going to get mentioned by you, so I will make it. Might be all three. All three of my honorable mentions might be your just three, two, one. Honestly, that's maybe it was. Uh, Jurassic League number one. I did want to mention it. Daniel Warren Johnson, Juan Gideon. Uh, just again, big, dumb, stupid fun, just as promised. Uh, the only beef I had with it was a little too much focus on the origin portions of these characters. We know where Superman came from, okay? Even though he's a dinosaur in this, we still know that his dino mom and dad sent him from Dino Krypton, which would probably be called like Crypt Crypt Growl or Growlton or something witty, you know, some weird dinosaur pun. Um, not quite Flintstones, but Flintstones enough for uh, Danny Warren Johnson. Again, big, dumb, stupid fun. Uh, I actually have some images of that. But you, I don't know. If you you, you know, can save them or not. You can I'll save, save them. Yeah. Uh, but number three, the Hulk versus Thor, Banner of War. This is an honorable mention. For Alpha me. number one. Man, this was just big, dumb, stupid, ridiculous fun. Donnie Cates, Martin Cocolo. Uh, Cates is having way too much fun with all of these toys that he's basically created. Okay, this is not the Thor that anyone is going to know, really. This is definitely not the Hulk that anybody is going to know. And all this weirdness that he's created for these dumb characters, he's just in there having a a great stupid time. I love this, like the fighting game sort of page. Um, I mean, that is emblematic of what this whole thing is, right? This is what you're here for. We did not hide what it's not. It's the fucking title of the book. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Um, Yeah, right on the nose. This was great how they're all like Thor's talking to Odin. Hulk's talking to Banner, and they're like, that was uh, a funny who the fuck are you talking that. to? Yeah, very well done. 
I loved this. I, the newest way to overcome uh, Thor just laying the hammer down on you, literally, so you can't get up. Hulk's like, no, nah, fuck it, I ain't having it, and just pulls his body through. <laughs> oh my yeah, God, that's that a nasty. This was indicative of like both characters were given moments to have like, oh shit, you know, like yeah. did they really just do that type of things? This was probably Hulk's biggest thing. <clears throat> taking advantage of the fact that he can fucking just tear as much of himself off as he wants and just, and you know, be okay yeah. about it. But then you also do have like Thor like calling in like a like an airstrike with Mjolnir and um Yeah. It, it does write by both characters, which makes sense since Donnie yeah. Cates is writing both characters. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, pretty cool. Yeah, our cliffhanger was the essence of Odin, I guess, which is in Mjolnir somehow goes in and is confronting banner now that's not going to turn out well at all um you're talking about a guy with daddy issues talking to the daddy who provides the most issues for his children um yeah that is not going to turn out well at all um but yeah a lot of dumb big dumb stupid fun i had a great time with uh with that book all right uh, um honorable mentions honorable mention um for Hulk versus Thor that we just mentioned. Um, also do an honorable mention for Captain America, symbol of truth. Yeah. We'll talk um, about that. Yeah. A lot of great RB Silva artwork. Um, I really enjoyed um, all the high flying action in here. Um, I really enjoyed Sam. Like it, Sam, Sam's voice as Captain America, I think is fully on display here. It was really cool to see. It, it's just an honorable mention for me because it does have first issue syndrome where like we're, being given a lot yeah we're being given the tour of the supporting cast here you yeah. know yeah so i that, didn't mind that as much I'll, we'll talk, it's not I'll necessarily talk a bad it. thing it, hey it's yeah. absolutely necessary in a lot of cases i mean this is for sure this is going to be a lot of people's first ever issue seeing these characters so yeah i mean that's perfectly fine it just keeps it out of the top three for me you know Solid. a very very strong honorable mention though cool uh, my number three is going to be superman son of kal-el number 11 solid I know I have it. I this is consistently a very good book. We talk good stuff about it all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. I actually managed to get that uh, that variant. Uh, by oh, Roger with them Bruce. on the cover, him and Jay on the cover. Oh no, the one with him like holding up the Daily Planet. Oh, that's planet. cool. That's cool. Yeah. that's cool. I think that's actually a throwback <laughs> to like a fifties uh, cover, like an old Superman cover. Probably, but um, <clears throat> the weirdly enough, the best part of this book was Batman's conversation with. Uh, old Jonathan Kent, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I love yeah. the idea that the Kents and Alfred have, like, a weekly phone session. Yeah. I loved, like, them being able to, like, talk to Batman and about, you know, what and, Alfred really thought of him. And I would, like, love to boast about his kid, you know? Yeah, and not just that. It's kind of cool that they leaned on each other. Alfred and the Kents sort of leaned on each other because they had yeah. so much in common, you know? Tom Taylor has a He's talented in a lot of ways, and one of his greatest talents is finding that character dynamic that would exist that you didn't necessarily think about before, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the revolutionaries in this. That was from Tom Taylor's run on Suicide Squad. Again, this book would have been in my top three. I retired it because every fucking week it comes out, it could be on my top three. It's that consistent. It's just that fun, dude. Uh, I love how... Yeah. I love how John is doing everything John's way. And that includes going yeah. and getting help from his friends. You know, yeah. he calls Nightwing. He, he knows he can't carry it all, even though he is 
as Batman himself put it, the most powerful being on the planet. I loved that. He's like, yeah, I am yeah. the most powerful being on the planet. On the planet, I'm gonna go get Nightwing's opinion, see what he thinks about this. Yeah, I'm like, no, that is that, so fucking cool. By that same token, I really loved how Nightwing was like, you know, if this was Superman calling Bruce, Batman would have been like, you know. Uh, stay out of my city but like Nightwing's like yeah come help i mean geez why oh, wouldn't i definitely <laughs> yeah and he just you puts know? out he's like oh there's a fire oh you're on it yeah very well done uh tom taylor has turned this into kind of a justice league book you know not really but yeah. he has got so many side characters on this i love the revolutionaries have you read his suicide that suicide squad run i never did no you should check that out you will like the revolutionaries as well man they're very cool characters but yeah that's a great yeah. choice for for number three uh, my number two, which you mentioned, was Captain America. Symbol of Truth. Uh, yeah, this is this. It's Toshi, Onyabuchi, and Arby Silva. Uh, really solid start. Okay, again, you're right. This gave us everything that we needed to get caught up with all of these characters. And like you said, it was first issue syndrome, but we needed it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We're, there's nowhere else for anybody to learn about these characters. Yeah, I mean, that, you and I know who all these people are, and yeah. so you know it's coming over. But I do understand that, like, this is the first Captain America book with Sam Wilson on the cover to come out since Sam Wilson became the MCU's Captain America. Right. So this right. is going to be a lot of people's first time picking up uh, a story with all these characters in them. Yeah. Um. It, this steeped in politics in every corner of the book, not just a little bit of politics. It was all over, and it was all different kinds, and it was all different things. At, at least three different times they said, yeah, typical uh, Captain America shit. You know, and it's like, oh, man, that yeah. is just cool. It uh, was it, really good. I mean, yeah. it's probably like the strongest honorable mention I've had in a very long time. Uh, um, it was a really strong week, dude. It was a really It was. Week. It was really hard narrowing it down for me this week. Uh, the art was perfect. The book was intimate when it needed to be in terms of all of the characters talking about themselves and talking with each other. The the Misty and, and Sam stuff was fucking cool. Uh, the Falcon stuff, you know, his new little Falcon buddy that he's hanging out with uh, is great. Him talking about his sister, that meeting there. That last page where Sam is like – like fucking walk into the Capitol to he's going to confront a fucking Senator there. Yeah. About, that was really cool. Like that, rad, dude. That, that's a really cool aspect of this book is it's not shying away from controversy and not shying yes. away from like tip from very difficult subjects. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's leaning into him. It's not yeah. just not shying away. It's like, no, this is what this book is. fucking. Yeah. About. It is embracing them head on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, damn near damn perfect debut issue even though yeah you're right it did give you a lot of background but it was a little bit paint by numbers that's why it didn't get any higher you know it was like all right let me introduce everybody all right let me set up everybody's status yeah quo. we got a big right, action me... set piece you know yes yeah in a train robbery you know like a, the classic adventure style story you know yeah yeah uh but yeah that's the new uh symbol of truth we'll have another captain america book review it's not next week i think it's next month i think they're spacing them out uh, all right, what's that number? Number one, or that was number two for me. You have number two, yeah. My number two is X Men number 11. Nice choice. Um, you rightly complain that this book does take a while to get places, but it went places this week. It did not only did, did they go to confront the uh Cordyceps Jones guy up on Game World, which they've been building that up since the very first issue, mm -hmm. we also finally got the reveal about who Dr. Stasis is. 
And you remember a few years ago when we found out that like Doctor Doom was like the great destroyer in Hickman's um, Avengers run. Yeah. And it was like, oh, well, of course it Duh. is. Yeah. It's this kind of the same deal here, you know, where it's yeah. like, who is Dr. Stasis? Oh, well, fuck. I was an idiot for not thinking of this earlier, you know? Yeah. He's some weird sinister clone. Yeah. And I'd like that this sinister clone has like the clubs instead of the diamonds on his head. Yeah. You know? it's, it's a weird change, but, and I mean, it makes sense, you know? Immediately, you're going to still know what's going on there if you've been reading the X Men, if you're a fan. But yeah, it was it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. Re- Doctor Stasis has been a lot of fun in this book, and now it makes so much sense why he was so much fun. Because Sinister yeah. is such a fun character. Yeah, uh, I love this uh, capitalism's final form gambling. Yeah. Well, on yeah, the I figured that worlds. this would uh, this would give you a lot of uh, brownie yeah. points in Europe because they shit all over capitalism here. But um, oh, they do that. But the very next scene, Polaris is like, "Oh shit, I gotta buy that dress." Well, true. It looks as though... Okay, uh, all right. I I guess Jean Grey is the only woke one on the team here. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, really solid issue. Had a lot of good fun with it. Uh, I like how uh, Wolverine here, you know, is doing her thing. Sink had a fucking line in this. He was like, I've been Wolverine longer than anybody. Oh, yeah. I love that. Oh, so good. Like, yeah, he was Wolverine. And he's the only one who remembers the time in the vault because he's the only one who made it out. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that, oh yeah, he's the only one who made it out alive. He's the only one who yeah. got the mind download and so can remember everything that happened yeah. in the vault. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah that was a really a, cool that line. was a bad ass line. Like yeah. another Wolverine wannabe. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, a, I didn't understand Sunspot talking with Captain America and Captain Marvel. I didn't get it. I was like, okay, are they setting up for the, the upcoming event? Is that just a little Maybe. I mean yeah, they, they pointed out weird. in the book themselves though that like so why are we lying to the Avengers? Yeah, you know, uh, and you're right. That is, I since they're acknowledging it, I assume that they have a plan for that. But yes. um, that is true, right? I mean, why, why make a confrontation where there seemingly doesn't need to be one at all? You know, yeah. Why? Why not call on the Avengers to help with game? Exactly, World, you know? man. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't get it. I so that's a fair it. point. Yeah, but yeah, the. Where this issue hits, especially on a lot of long-running uh, story arcs that they've had going, it hits really well. So that makes it my yes. too. Yes, yeah. Uh, it is the flagship book, and the reason it's the flagship book is because it's the long-term book. You know what I mean? There's going to be a lot of big payoff for people who are invested in the long-term. The other books are not so much like that. Um, That's true. They don't often have the luxury them. of time. Like that export and you got to hit them early. Yeah. You're gonna those have to hit them are... early with red with destiny. Yeah, with those other books, you're gonna have to hit them really, really hard. So, uh, yeah, fun book. Uh, it was an honorable mention for me for sure. So, uh, takes us to our number ones. Uh, my number one was Telegraph from the Monday Night Show. Nothing came close. Eight billion genies. Number one, Charles Soule and Ryan Brown. The preface for this is the moment that the human population hits eight billion human beings. Eight billion genies show up, one for each person on Earth. And each genie grants a single wish, and chaos fucking ensues. All right, that's the first eight seconds. This is the first eight minutes. All right, somebody has wished the world into a cube, and, you know, about a billion or a couple million people are dead. You know, eight minutes. Eight minutes. And basically the story follows a dive bar. There's a local band playing in the dive bar. There's a few stragglers, you know, regulars hanging out. And they just so happen to be there when all this shit hits the fan. 
there's a venerable, you know, like a wise old bar owner who very quickly uses his wish, like within the first seconds and says, I wish that this entire bar was free and safe from any influence that a wish may have. So he immediately makes his bar wish proof. Oh man, that is really it's establishing smart, him dude. wise super as hell. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. And and this dude's immediately endearing, you know, to the audience. Cause he's like, this is no nonsense bullshit, you know. But then everything just starts hitting the fan. I mean, I mean, people are wishing to be hundred feet tall, to be, you know, big robots, you know, here's a fucking yeah. dinosaur, it, a monster truck full of treasure. And it's just the whole thing is just like that over and over again. This bitch accidentally wishes her parents would be go to hell, you know. This dude wishes for his uh the I guess he plays a role-playing game and the girls that are in the game, you know, he wants, it's just, this bitch turns into a movie star, but it's awesome, dude. So this, this, that does sound like a really fun premise. And I love the art style with the genies. Oh, me too. Again, it reminded me of, uh, that latest Pixar movie where the spirits looked a little bit different, you know, than the regular soul. Yeah. Soul. Just very well done, uh, very fast-paced. You get to meet everybody really quick, and then boom. Uh, it's it's probably the most interesting take I've seen on the apocalypse genre in years, dude. Years. I mean, what a great idea. The main hook of any apocalypse story is usually humans cause it or human hubris makes it worse. That's the thing. You know, that's usually what it's all about. Or it's an examination of humans in these dramatic, you know, end times. This is all about humans have a chance now for everything, for a perfect world. If we can just get on Facebook, be a little bit patient, and all decide what we should wish for. You know, everything would be perfect. But of course not. That's not going to happen. It's going to be terrible. And I love it. I love it. Great story. So That is a pretty clever idea, right? Like, yeah. That talking just about like apocalypse genres but about like you know the struggle that we face in the most you know macro sense here as the human race you know like if only we could all you know get our shit together like what all we could accomplish but just for a minute we'd be so much better but all the selfish dickheads you know Uh, all right, so your number one. There's only one more book left. Well, yeah, I mean, really be on your. It was one. Jurassic League number one. It was fucking um, cool. It I was wasn't so expecting. Cool. That, I was expecting to think this was fun. I wasn't expecting it to be this fun. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Warren Johnson's sensibilities as a writer, kind of like with Beta Ray Bill last year. There's some fucking balls to the wall action in here. Like fucking, uh, what, what do they call him, Bat Runner or something in this one? Um, yeah, whatever the Batman T Rex is, like, like him and the Joker's fight is fucking brutal, man. Yeah, but then it's I also weird that he's a bat. You know, bats haven't evolved yet. Just saying. Oh fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> There's humans around. It clearly does yeah, not. I know. It's, it's not it's, taking into account evolutionary time scale. It's Flintstones. It's a Flintstone. Yeah. dude. I mean, yeah. it's a stupid, stupid premise. We always knew this book was going to be stupid. Was it going to be fun? Stupid? Yes, it is very fun. Stupid. Like, I love the little shot of, like, Dino Bat's, um, like, crime alley scene, you know, where he's just, like, this cutesy little dinosaur, like, crying for his parents. But, um, yeah, this book has embraced the idiocy in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, it I, really has. They're even going with like stupid pun names, right? Like, what was the Black Manta? Like Black Mantasaur or something Black like that. Black Mantasaur. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Me- me- Metropolis was like Metrol. Metropolis. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's uh, it's grown inducing puns, but it fits the energy of this book so well, you know. Yeah, and I mean, all right, like I crapped a little bit on it, and I stand by that because it didn't have to go over these origins again. It really didn't. We know where everybody. Comes well, in from. this case, you're Part right. Of, you're right. Go this ahead. This is like the dinosaur version of things, you know. Like we know that it's pretty much going like you're saying. It's going to be like. Brontosaur, Kryptonian, send Brontosaur, uh, Kal-El down to Earth. But because the whole point of picking up this book is just like you want to see, you know, the dinosaur version of all these famous elements of these characters. You know, like we got fucking uh, Dinosaur Joker. We got Dinosaur Batman. We got Dinosaur Batman's Batarangs. You know? Yeah, it was wild, too. They're all stone. They're, like, stone age. And it threw him into his fucking eyes. They're embracing this being Joker-sore. Joker-sore's eye. Yeah, and... Yeah, um, Joker's are. Yeah, Uh, shout out to... uh, I'm sorry, forgetting the artist name. Look up real quick. Wong Gideon. Yeah, he is fucking killing it with all of this artwork here. This is... It's almost like you don't miss it, Danny Warren Johnson drawing this. Yeah, I mean, they do have very similar energy to their artwork here, but yeah, he, like... It's a lot... It's clean in a rough way. Yeah, like... Yeah. It's cartoony, but also, like, very visceral, you know? Yeah. Uh, Danny Warren Johnson's art is almost too dirty, you know? I I see what you're saying, yeah. But for this, you want it a little bit cleaner, you know, but still... Yeah, I mean, like... Visceral. Here, where this is, like, kind of a cartoony premise, I think that his cartoony kind of line work really fits perfectly you know yeah i think so too uh i don't know it was a great i want more i want more i want more with less you know what i mean i don't want yeah. all of the backstory i just want to see them moving forward with the story the wonder woman shit at themiscara themiscar or whatever showing Ares body you know i mean like, i yeah. don't need this i don't need this they you know? could I mean, was that necessary? No, but I do understand them including it. You know, was like there even, did, was Flash even in this except for the last page where there, there was no the Flash? Next? No, there's a Green Lantern. I these uh, who these are who I want to see. I don't. In this see one the we just stories. we just got Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. and Aquaman. Well, yeah, those are the well, Aquaman's big. Aquaman is kind of the the yeah the ringer here. You know, but, he really is, but yeah. he's the one who makes the most sense. Yeah, me. I mean, he you know, comes as a out. dinosaur. He he's he should still have the same powers, right? Like dinosaur Batman. I'm not going to see dinosaur Batman making batarangs. You know that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But dinosaur Aquaman, he's definitely still talking to fucking fish. You know, yeah, he's banging they, a dolphin in here. I'm sure of it. Well, a poor dolphin got fucking decked. Oh, like, like, awesome. But yeah, awesome. yeah. This book is stupid rad fun. Like like yeah. you said, like. The order of the week was crazy stupid fun. It was, dude. I mean, eight billion genies is dumb stupid fun, even though it's it's got a point to make. Uh, Banner of War definitely stupid fun. Um, Jurassic League for sure, dude. Saturday morning uh, adventures, the GI Joe book. It was nothing but stupid fun. The hell Cobra, am I looking at? <laughs> Cobra Commander made a wish, and he was like, and the genie was like, "All right, bro." And then he's just like, "All right, y'all gonna fight it out. Y'all gonna fight it out." Cobra Commander wished for all the G.I. Joes to be on Cobra's side. And he's like, well, that leaves a little leeway. And he had this weird logic to it where he's going to make them fight it out like Hunger Games style. So big, dumb, stupid. 
I loved it, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of good books coming out next week too, man. So, man, yeah. it's a great time to be alive for all this shit, dude. It is, I mean, yeah. Like Jurassic League, big dumb stupid fun. You know what that's for? You know what they're gonna do with that? They're gonna sell the hell out of some McFarlane action figures. Man, I it's might right consider getting figures. like the Bat T Rex. Um, that would be yeah. a cool thing to have on my desk. Yeah, it's ripe for action figures. So, uh, awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks everybody for hanging out. Really appreciate it. Uh, come back tomorrow. We're gonna do another show tomorrow where we talk about all the new books coming out this week, and there are a ton of hot books. Uh, since you're here already, like us, follow all that good shit. Follow the comic book bullies as well. Great show. Uh, Leroy and Eli talking pop culture uh, just about every week, you know, every Sunday. Go to OutrightGeekery.com for links to all of their shit, all of our shit. We got Patreon. We got merch. We got links to all of our social media, different shit we're doing. Uh, oh, what did I do? Oh, my God. What? My, oh, there it goes. Uh, sorry, y'all. Uh, my whole screen just disappeared for a hot second. Uh, but, uh, yeah, great show there. It was a great show tonight, even though it was a bit short. It was a light news week. It was a light news week. It was, and just the two of us. So. Yeah, uh, but uh, we're going to talk about more tomorrow, more next week, all that. Thanks again, everybody, for hanging out. But most of all, thanks to this guy for hanging out with this guy. Glad to do it. We are going to do it again next time. Save Geek Time. Save. Geek Channel. But seriously, though, like, Joker, like, stabbed through fucking Batman. Yeah. And he got stabbed in the eye. That's gonna come back. Yeah.